Hold up. What was that? Boring. No flavor. That was as bad as those leftovers you ate all week. Kiki Palmer here. And it's time to say hello to something fresh and guilt free. Hello, Fresh. Jazz up dinner with pecan crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Now that's music to my mouth. Hello, Fresh. Let's get this dinner party started. Discover all the delicious possibilities at HelloFresh.com. Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Wake up in the morning feeling like... Okay, now the tough question. Is this a try? Yes or no? Just because I'm a woman. <laughs> I'm Nolly Waterman. I'm Laura Jane Jones. And this, my friends, is the Try Hard Podcast. Right, it's definitely recording. Oh, do you think we should just tell the listeners what just happened? Yep, own up. Well, we've just recorded the first 10 minutes of the podcast. It was really good and interesting, but you'll never hear it because it wasn't recording. So, can you just not only apologise to me, but apologise to everyone else, please? Sorry, everyone at home. That (laughs) was possibly the best 10 minutes that we've ever, ever done. But you'll never know. Anyway. How are you doing? (laughs) I'm good. How are you? I'm okay, I'm okay. Tellington is a little bit damp and drizzly. Um, yeah, winter is on its way. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? I bought a new jumper this week? Or this Did weekend? You? Yeah, there's um, H&M are doing a link up with Pringle. So I bought... Oh yeah, I saw that yeah. in the... Uh... Oh, and you love a bit of like sporting kind of themed clothing, it's not don't athleisure. you? It's It's very kind of tradish argyle looking knitwears it's got Um, diamonds on it yeah that's what argyle means um they they do have or i've seen that they do a dog jumper of one of the human jumpers so i've bought the human jumper they didn't have the dog jumper but if any of our listeners do happen upon it peggy is probably a medium to large breed and i would love for me and her to match so (sighs) I thought you meant it was for Koya, and I was like, no, you are not buying my dog clothes. Hey, Koya doesn't like wearing a collar, let alone a jumper. (laughs) She's a naked lady. She she would be a naturist if she was a human. No, she loves it. Um, Talking about shopping, actually, I was um, in French Connection today. They have kindly um, provided me with some outfits for this season. How lovely. I know, and... Have you got one of those T-shirts that says FC UK <laughs> across the front? No, because I didn't time lapse myself back to two thousand two. Time lapse is that the right word? Teleport trans. I Tele- don't know. <laughs> did you have one of those tops back in the day? Um, yeah, I did. I had a a very tight white one with just Shopping. a very small. Uh, yeah, I've t- stuck with the the. Uh, white theme yeah. um, of t-shirts um, although I didn't this time round I took Michelle um, and she was epic she's like I mean the lady in the shop helped a bit but Michelle was just next level um, I've even got a leather dress oh yes you wait did watch you, out world you Nolly know the style icon will be coming to the TV screens this season in her there you go. leather dress I'm going to tell you just this is a like cautionary tale so i've got a gray leather dress that i wear quite a lot to the office because i just think it's like so stern (laughs) and i wear it with black tights and a black polo neck that is a very standard outfit for me but if i wear it to work i put my tights like have my shower and everything dry my hair put my tights and my polo neck on then i curl my hair and do my makeup but i don't put the dress on because it's obviously quite warm and when you're curling your hair 
Especially like, in a polo neck. Exactly. So, during the Six Nations, do my standard, like, normal morning routine. I'm wearing the outfit. Um, get my bag together, put my coat on, get in the lift, and whip my phone out to take a cheeky lift selfie. Realise I hadn't actually put the dress on. I was, like, going to work <laughs> in my top and tights, and I just put my coat over the top. And oh, if, why did you notice? If I, if I wasn't that vain, I literally, like, I played it out in my mind so many times. I would have ended up walking into the BBC Wales office, taking my coat off and hanging it on the coat stand, and walking are probably another 15 <laughs> metres to where I normally sit. Like some sort of like dancer in my polar neck and tights. <laughs> Straight from the stage of cats. Yeah, literally. <laughs> and I think about it all the time. I just think oh, what, what on earth would have happened that day? Or even the coat I put on. What if it had been a coat that I'd done up? Because I wouldn't have noticed then either. Would you have sat in your coat all day? Or would you have gone home? Um, it, it was before I changed my car, so let's be honest, there were probably about eight different outfits in the boot of that. <laughs> Just excuse oh, me whilst man. I go for a quick outfit change. Well, talk. I'm going to do a segue. Talking about cold weather, there was some rugby being played in the sunshine, sunshine. this weekend. In Glendale, Colorado, the HSBC World 7 Series returns. I feel like we should start with this, considering we finished with it last week. And did uh, all of our predictions come true? No, if we'd been no, doing match that. point, if we'd been doing match point on the seven series, oh, maybe we can contact them about that. That would be good. Although very difficult to predict. Um, the Black Ferns lost. Yeah. They lost their captain injured. Um, Hope she's okay, Bezzy. You're Bezzy. Yeah, and they lost to America nineteen seventeen, and then America uh, obviously went to win the overall thing. It's only the second time that a team has won their home tournament on the Women's World Series. Did you know that? No, I didn't. Australia did it in two thousand and eighteen, and now America have done it this year. But it's only the second time it's ever happened. It's amazing, isn't it? Because I I remember when um, I played over in uh, in Canada at Lang. Langford. I was going to say Langport. No, that's where my mum went to uni. (laughs) (laughs) Langport's near uh, Bristol. Anyway, um, yeah, and uh, Canada butchered it for a good couple of seasons. And it was really strange because it was completely against their form. Um, So obviously a bit of a psychological thing. And actually, Chris Brown last year spoke about the fact that they were really terrible on day one. Can you remember? And yeah. he spoke about in an interview how he got the psychologist to come in and talk to them about pressure and dealing with pressure. And then they came back and played quite well in um, in, day, in two? day two. I don't know how, yeah. I don't know where they came, actually. Anyway. Um, Chris um, Brown very much strikes me as being that kind of softly, softly, catchy monkey kind of man-manager type of coach. <laughs> did you say, what did you say, catchy monkey? That's a very common phrase, Nolly. Well, I've never heard it. What, softly, softly, catchy monkey? No, I think you're making it up. 100% I'm not making that up. You definitely are. Oh my God, this is so many listeners are going to be like, oh, does Nolly live under a rock that she's never heard that saying? Or does she put out a fishing rod and get big bites from oh, sh- No, you're just saying that now because you're embarrassed <laughs> that you don't know how to softly, softly catch your monkey. No, I wanted you to get aggressive, but you didn't. But I still got a good old nibble. Anyway, um, yeah, I, I think he's brilliant. And it was quite fun catching up with him at um, the last series, the last um, leg of the series last year um, or last season. How about I say last? Lots of yeah. times. <laughs> um and he talked about uh, the main priority for them was consistency because they were winning games and only just beating some of the lower um, level teams, um, but also about their game understanding because a lot of them are in the grand scheme of players on the series and in, in particular New Zealand and England, um, really new to the game and they've come from lots of different sports. Um, sure. And uh, yeah, and, and actually... I think a little hat tip needs to go to Emily Bidewell, who's the performance um, head of performance for USA Rugby Women. And uh, she has recruited one hell of an assistant coach, Warren Abraham. Oh, yeah. Um, he is assistant... Well, yeah. <laughs> it's getting late. Um, <laughs> he is an ex-South African sevens player himself. 
worked at Harlequins and where I actually met him. Um, and he ran the academy there um, and worked on skills and that type of thing and then kind of has stayed within Sevens. Um, and he was with England Sevens for, for a few years, did loads of stuff with the men and women. They spoke really highly of him. And, uh, yeah, he's gone over to America and is clearly getting on well with the head coach. So well, if their aim was consistency, they've certainly achieved that because they've technically won back-to-back tournaments. Uh, they had a good mm-hmm. showing at the Pan Am Games in the summer as well. So they've got to be pretty happy with, with where they are and, and starting the series like that. Is there ever a concern of peaking too soon when, let's be honest, the ultimate prize this season is Tokyo and an Olympic gold medal at the end? And if you're an American, let's be honest, that's what American sport cares about. They care so much about Olympic sports in America. I think most nations do, to be honest. Um, oh, different level over there. From, different level. Yeah, yeah. No, I agree. And I think, I think what will be be cool to see is how each team um, approach each tournament and whether they. They. I don't think that they'll be picking front runners all of the time. If people have got niggles or they want to rest players, because if you don't go to a tournament, the value of doing a training block v playing is very is very different at different yeah. times in the season. Um, and so they'll will they'll be working really hard with the strength and conditioning coaches to make sure that they are because you can't just come up and then hold a, an incredible standard throughout the year yeah. you have to peak and trough um and there'll be selection calls around that um i don't think that what i've kind of heard um from the england camp that they were um like fully cooked coming into this from a rugby perspective um i know they've been working really hard on their pre-season and if you've been working really hard on pre-season and fitness then they probably haven't done the the big block of rugby that yeah. they would have needed to to perform. Um, that said, there were certain elements that they didn't quite get right. Their defence, um, which was absolutely impeccable, in my opinion, um, at the Europeans where they qualified yeah. for the Olympics. That was probably a weakness this round. And um, hopefully, I mean, it's hard one because that is organisation. It is fatigue, but it's also... Um, it's a mental thing for me um so it'd be interesting to see how they approach that mental thing though how much if that's something that they are not at the level they need to be yet how much more difficult would that have been when we know that defensive organization is such a kind of top two inches thing and it's not just it's not so much muscle memory you have to be thinking and reacting they were playing at extreme altitude and yeah. your confusion up there is so much greater. It's not It's not even like when you're playing in kind of oppressive heat. That thinner air is going to have a huge impact on decision-making. Do you think that might have been a factor for them? Are you, are you saying this from experience? I mean, have you... <laughs> are you, are you... <laughs> Mate, I've made some terrible decisions on ski trips. Terrible decisions. And they've not um, always been during the ski, mainly during the outbreak ski. Be, but I can contest that <laughs> altitude makes you do some silly things. <laughs> oh, that's really tickled me. Um, to be fair, we actually went over to the Alps um, before we went over to Rio and competed over there. Um, and uh, I mean, it was perfect prep for um, for going to Brazil. We were in, I mean, it was altitude training, but it was snow and oh. uh, blizzard, so not ideal. Um, but I was confused. I did make a few errors um, because of the the challenge. Um, but yeah, I think from an English perspective, they've also got um, a new coaching team. Yeah. So they've got Charlie Hater um, as their head coach, and he'll be bringing in different um, strategies and plays and organisation. Although he coached um, the girls last year. Um, that under James Bailey, it's a totally different ball game when you're the head coach, and there'll yeah. be certain things that you'll start sit being drip fed into the girls this season. Um, they also, I also bumped into James Rodwell this morning on his way to the his job vitality, and uh, I, I, own, I honestly noticed him because of the size of his feet. I was getting off the train, <laughs> and I looked, and I thought that man's got massive feet, and I looked, and he's got, and he's got ginger hair, yeah, and he's wearing ginger. an England rugby top. That is James Rodwell. Um, yeah, so, so incognito really nice brothers, eh? Yeah, um, I know, bless him. But he, um, he's had a knee surgery, so he's coming back from that. And uh, he said that he was um, coaching from over here. He's not going to uh, play, though, is he? This 
He's done now. Um, I'm not, I don't he know. He can't just keep taking no, the food. No, I think boots. he has. <laughs> I think he has fully retired now. Um, just an absolute legend of the game. And, uh, one of in the fact, funniest one... people in rugby as well. Oh, he's honestly one of my favourite favourite players, like and on and off the field because he he actually so in Rio we had a bit of a rubbish time personally. Um, I really struggled um, at times. I'd come back from my knee injury. Um, I wasn't confident in my ability. I hadn't played enough, and and yeah, I found it difficult. And coming fourth was was heartbreaking. And um, the day after, no, two days after they'd played um, and they'd got their silver medal. In fact, when they had a night out, came back, and I'd been with my family and came back at the same time as all the boys arrived back. And uh, he grabbed me and he was—he took me into his room. And on his wall, he had these pictures painted um, by his son. And uh, he got out, he'd locked his medal away and he showed me the medal. And it was Aww. one of, honestly, it was so special. But um, we went to the athletics the uh, couple of days after they'd competed and it was the day I was going to be, we were all flying home. Yeah. And um, we were sat in the stadium and, and we were just chatting about, you know, rugby and the fact that we're both the same age and did I want to carry on and I wasn't in a great place. Um, and he just basically turned around and said, it doesn't matter about your age. It doesn't matter about anything. It just matters whether you're enjoying it and whether you're performing. And actually that was probably one of the conversations I needed to allow me to have the confidence to carry on playing yeah. and to transfer back into 15s. Um, but little shout out. So we were sat there and um, been we watched Usain Bolt run. That was really cool. And then Jess Ennis was competing. And I was, I got my phone out as I was recording and I was like waving this GB flag. And as she was walking towards us, I got really embarrassed that I was filming her. Um, anyway, so I dropped my phone behind the flag at the moment that she um, waved to, it was me, Katie Daly McLean um, and Rodders and, uh, who else was there? There was someone else. Oh, Coops, who does um, video. Yeah. And um, she waved and she basically um, said, like, mouthed well done to Rodders um, for getting his medal. And honestly, so about literally, she walked around the corner and he, like, looked at me and was like, please tell me you filmed that. Um, and I was like, no, I didn't. Sorry, mate. I was, I was, I felt so guilty. And it's really funny because as it's happening, the video shows me, like, dropping it behind the um, the oh, flag. God. Yeah. But how cool is that? Like, Jess Ennis. I mean, like, be, be even cooler if there was a video of it. I know. <laughs> Anyway, um... do you know what makes me laugh the most about Rodders now is that um, because he has like a team manager role with the boys, he um, has to go to like the team managers meetings, which are with the referees and stuff. And the referees have spent the past God knows how many years berating him on a rugby pitch, telling him <laughs> to go away, stop getting involved in things. James Rodwell, well, this has got nothing to do with you. And now he's the one who gets sent to the team meetings with the with the refs. And I just It's like it's like when you get to go into a staff room in a school. Literally. That's literally yeah. what it is. It makes me laugh that's so how, much. That's how I felt whenever I like when I first started teaching. I remember walking in as a supply teacher to a couple of um couple of staff rooms and I was literally like on like I was been sent there um as a naughty school kid but in fact I've I reckon I've gone into at least 50 different staff rooms across the country um in schools yeah and they're all the same they really? all have the same shape share same shape shape shares <laughs> same shaped chairs that could be a good tongue twister you said for a band same shaped chairs how can you say it and i can't anyway um <laughs> smells of coffee ew coffee um, breath teachers yum. yeah you've got their own places you've got the science teachers in one oh corner oh my god i haven't like told the... you this i have to tell you something so my best friend's a teacher as is her husband and the kids at his school created an instagram meme account about the school <laughs> And obviously he couldn't request to join it. So I had to request to join it. <laughs> and I didn't know any of the teachers that these kids were talking about. But I still laughed senseless at these memes. Because <laughs> I just thought if I was a, a like kid in high school today, that would be me. I'd be doing exactly the same thing. Were you naughty at school? 
really naughty. Yeah, really bad. Were you? Yeah, I look back now. Do you know what? On Saturday, I was in Cardiff Athletic Club and Hugh Williams, who was head of Six Point at Cowbridge when I was there, who's a quite a good friend of our family as well, every day he would catch me, like, bunking off school. Every day. Because I was quite thick. Why I'd, did like, you whisper that then? I don't want <laughs> he, to He used to catch me, bunking off school. But, like, it really, <laughs> it's really hard because, like, I always, like, think back, and I was such an idiot. Like, I thought I was so, like... I was basically the class clown. I wasn't bad. I was just funny, and I knew I was funny. So I spend most of my time trying to make other people laugh. What happened? Uh, well, just... No, I was just bad in school. <laughs> Did you grow out of it? On Saturday, <laughs> he came up to me, and he was, like, so proud of you. Love watching you on Scrum 5. And I was like, oh... I guarantee if you had said to that man what 13 years ago when i left school what do you think that girl's gonna do he would not have said anything worthwhile be successful um oh. yeah I, I know i i was all right at school um i used to get like 100 percent attendance and stuff i, I mean i'm not quite didn't. yeah no, I, I lived on the same street that my school was on i used to go home and watch neighbors at lunchtime oh, and then wow. just not come back i tell you oh my god so uh, before we go on to talking about anything other than random <laughs> chat, um, I decided in year 11 that my mate would come, who wasn't in school, would come, at, like had left school, yeah. would come, came and picked me up at lunchtime and I decided that I wanted to dye my hair from blonde to purple. <laughs> now, when I said purple, I, I was kind of thinking like a dark, deep, kind of plum type Lemon, of colour. Yeah. I hadn't really thought about the fact that it was lunchtime and I was like, oh no, I've got to go back to school. And I washed it off and honest to God, it was like bright, bright, bright red. <laughs> and I walked into school and my um, and the, the, the first person I saw was a head teacher and he said, he, he looked at me and he said, you've got to be kidding, Mr. Swan. And I was like, oh, God. And he was like, that needs to change or you're leaving school. And I was like, oh, God, OK. And they were like scurried off to afternoon registration. And like everyone was literally like, could not know what to say, you know, and they're like when something when you have your haircut and then someone just yeah. says, you've had your haircut. It means they don't like it because they'd say your hair looks nice if they liked it. Yeah. Anyway, they said they, they they were like, oh, God. Anyway, I got home. My mum went absolutely mental. Yeah, I can't imagine Big Sue reacting well to that. Yeah, the worst thing, my dad used to be head teacher at the school. Oh, and um, he'd actually retired and gone back as a maths teacher. My tutor group was next door to his. And so I had oh. to, like, hide myself because I couldn't face my dad seeing me in public. So I, my dad didn't see me, but he heard from the head teacher oh. that I'd done my hair. Dabba. And basically... Yeah, yeah, exactly. What a class. <laughs> yeah. Anyway. Um, Is that one of those things that lives with you because it embarrassed you so much in school? What's that? Like that memory. Is it one of those things that you like think about every day? <laughs> basically, when I was in sixth form, my English teacher was called Margaret Curtis and I used to do like a really spot on impression of her. And she basically was really late to an afternoon lesson once. And we obviously assumed she wasn't coming. And I was sat in her desk pretending to be her for the rest of the class like doing this impression <laughs> and everyone was like howling laughing and then kind of like it started to like dissipate the laughter and i was like right okay i'm obviously not being funny enough so like really going for it with the impression to this silent room and she obviously she was stood in the doorway behind me <laughs> and i think about that at least once a week yeah i, I mean i think about some of the teachers i was actually quite mean to like, not in a bad way, but, you know, messing about and not listening. Especially now I teach, I'm like, God, I've got loads of stories about teaching. But I think we should save them for another day because there's so much other rugby to talk about. What do you want to talk about? Do you want to talk about World Cup or Tyrrells? Where should we go next? I think we should go for Match Pint. Oh. Because we haven't spoke about that yet. I'm surprised, and... again, that you're bringing this up considering that you are terrible um, I'm at it. You. I'm beating you. It's round three and I'm winning. No, I no, want no, no, to talk no. about it. R number one, round three isn't over yet, so don't count your chickens. Number two, you're still way behind me in the overall. All right, but um, as Andrew Trimble said to uh, Tom Shanklin, because we were on the Guinness Legends League, yeah. sorry about that, um, it's the hair and the tortoise story, Laura okay. Jane. Yeah. 
I'm listening to your hair and tortoise story. I'm just taking it slow, letting people get into it, giving you fuel to give me banter, to promote the fact that we're doing it. <laughs> oh, is that why? Oh, do you know what? You're such a, like, team player. In the overall, in the Tryhards League, you are in 88th position. Two fat ladies? Two, yeah, I'm 23rd. <laughs> And oh, I, can't, I don't I don't know what bingo call that is. I don't think there is one. But we have to announce who won round two because there's a round two winner, and that was Gareth Wits, who had three perfect scores. Had his wits about him. Oh. oh. <laughs> Bet he hasn't heard that one before. Gareth, um, when you listen to the pod, get in touch via social media, slide into our DMs, just like Charlie Cutting did in round one after his heroic performance he actually still leads the overall and you can claim your try hard prize um, um can we give some other shout outs yeah let big bad bruce in second place bruce, uh, stoddart. bruce stoddart came second in round two great name and uh matea martinelli who is a, it is one of the um italian fire service team players but he wasn't part of the, the tour okay. um but a little shout out across the water to my Italian friends who I asked, encouraged, told um, to join Match Pint and um, they're all doing really well and uh, I keep getting little screenshots of them beating me which I'm still like a proud mum when it comes to watching them and looking at their Instagram and stuff like that. Um, I got sent a photograph of um, I think five of the players and also the physio um, from the weekend and... uh, yeah, it was re- it's really nice to see them. And actually, although one of them, Bondo, he had his top off and uh, I managed to show the picture around most of the Wasps girls who were all quite appreciative. Oh, nice. Um, and I, I showed Giselle and uh, she was like, I was like, this is what happens when you coach Italian men. She was like, I knew I'd made the wrong decision coaching Wasps ladies. <laughs> oh, dear. Well, anyway. Speaking of proud parents, my dad was ninth overall in round two. So... He was pretty happy. Go on, Nick boy. Go on, Nick boy. Um, the big thing is oh. that we are obviously halfway through round three, but there is plenty more to come on Match Pints. So if you haven't signed up yet, you can still get involved and play Match Pints with us and win tryhards prizes. And I tell you what, we're not just going to give out round winners prizes. At the end, we're going to pick people who have just given it like a good old effort. Yeah. And uh, and also, there's some signed stuff that's going to be coming um, on the pod shortly, um, which is actually really cool. So, yeah. sign up. Out. Yeah. And everyone is really, they keep saying to me, oh, I thought I couldn't sign up because it started. No, 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 no. You can win stuff each round. Obviously, your overall score is going to be low unless you... Um, I like absolutely kill it um but yeah you can win each round and you can also win three pints of guinness and actually i claimed my free guinness this weekend um where did you I... do it down at wasps oh and that brings us on ever so nicely to the tyrrell's premier 15s i know but before we talk about the rugby yeah just want to say um i gifted a guinness to ollie bishop who is the second team coach and um all round complete try hard um so yeah big shout out to ollie and uh, we enjoyed a guinness together which was great lovely for ollie bish um what was it like down at wasps on saturday yeah, it was cool actually it's they the first hosted dmp yeah it's, it's the first game i've been able to get to um having been working the last couple of weekends um commentating but no it was really cool and to be fair, DMP much improved yeah. um, from last year, which was brilliant. Great to catch up with Tamara Taylor. Um, and uh, as last time I saw her, I was, I was a little bit worse for wear from her testimonial. <laughs> um, but yeah, there was a little gathering of Barbarians players, Heather Kerr. Um, and uh, yeah, it was it was really it was really nice to see all the girls, and uh, it was a good game of rugby. Um, and then we followed it by uh, going to Putshack, um, and uh, I basically I was the only one that was in normal clothes. Everyone was told that they should wear wasp stuff, yeah. and the girls were taking the mick at me. Uh, in fact, I arrived at the club. Giselle was like looking at me, and I was like, "Hi, Giselle." And she was like, 
was looking at me and I was like, it's Nolly. And she's like, oh, hi. Um, oh, my Nora, God. who um, I used to give a lift to three times a week. She looks after Koya, know her really well, great friend, didn't recognise me after the game. Um, another one, another friend and player, um, Emily, she um, said that she loved my outfit and I looked like I was... Um, I was doing an autumn winter collection photo shoot, um, I think for CNA. But um, yeah, basically, no one, no one recognised me because I bothered to do my hair. And you've so been ha- using face cream. <laughs> yeah, my new Kiehl's face cream. But I, everyone was like looking at me like, "Wow!" I was like, "Do I really look that awful whenever I come to a rugby club that no one can recognise me when I'm in jeans, a jumper, and with my hair down?" It's horrible. Anyway. Right? The worst was... is when people, I always find if I haven't seen someone for a while, they say, have you lost weight? And I was saying, no, you just obviously remember me really fast. <laughs> Pe- people like think of me as plump. So, and but obviously like plumper than I am. So when they see me, it's like a pleasant surprise. That I'm not this like absolute well, It's better that beast. way around. Is it's it? better that way around. Yeah. I no, I don't so. want people thinking of me as like Mrs. Potts from bloody Beauty and the Beast. Cuddly. <laughs> A lot can happen in the next three years. Like a chatbot may be your new best friend. But what won't change? Needing health insurance. United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans are available for these changing times. Underwritten by Golden Rule Insurance Company, they offer budget-friendly, flexible coverage for people who are in between jobs or missed open enrollment. The plans last nearly three years in some states, with access to a nationwide network of doctors and hospitals. So for whatever tomorrow brings, United Healthcare Tri-Term Medical Plans may be for you. Learn more at UH1.com. I'm Sandra, and I'm just the professional your small business was looking for. But you didn't hire me, because you didn't use LinkedIn Jobs. LinkedIn has professionals you can't find anywhere else, including those who aren't actively looking for a new job, but might be open to the perfect role, like me. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't visit other leading job sites. So if you're not looking on LinkedIn, you'll miss out on great candidates, like Sandra. Start hiring professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash achieve today. Hey there, it's Michelle Norris. I'm host of a podcast called Your Mama's Kitchen. When I travel, I'm usually looking for a way to find a taste of home when I'm not at home. And one of the things I love to do when I am at home is entertain. And Airbnb allows me to do that. When I was in California recently, I rented a house that had a great kitchen. And when we were sitting around the table, we're all thinking, we're in someone else's house. Someone could be in all of our homes as well. If you have a home, but you're not always at home, you have an Airbnb. Your home might be worth more than you think. Find out how much at airbnb.com slash host. Anyway. Anyway, what about the rest of the Tyrrells? Saracens had Um, a, uh, they snatched a victory from the jaws of defeat. I know, against Loughborough. And to be fair... What was the final score? 24-28. Yeah. Um, fair play to Saris. And, you know, when they say winning is a habit, they definitely know how to win. And they, yeah. they've come back from games that they 100% shouldn't have won. Um, I haven't seen the game. I've seen some of the tries um, and looking at the reaction from their Twitter and the players' um, social media, I think they were pretty surprised that they won that game. Um, and, uh, yeah, I think it shows that they're a club that knows how to win, and yeah. you've got to see them off. If you if you you know if you keep them in the game, then they're going to play for the full full eighty. Um, but yeah, um, another team doing well. Bristol beat Waterloo up there. Freezing cold. Yeah, um, and actually talking about Bristol, um, the first coverage is going to be online coverage is going to be bristol wasps next weekend which i'm pretty happy about because i've got to work um so i'm not going to be at the game um so yeah so i get to watch it online which is great so that's cool so tune into that um quins beat gloucester quite comfortably actually 39 12 um and also we talked last week about the fact that richmond hadn't got a point and they beat worcester 35 8 yeah great to see that because yeah a horror torrid start to the season for them it's a little bit harsh quins and then saris but um i had a good catch up with um vicky jackson or jacko to her mates um what do you call them mad pepper army because she's like the way when she she's literally like 
She's so fun. Um, she played at Wasps my first season there. She's been, This is her second season at Richmond. Basically, Jacko for years was wacko Jacko, like crazy, bonkers, on and off the field, wicked girl, like real good fun. Um, it's got an England cap, um, which is cool. Um, plays in the centre. and uh, But she, um, yeah... When I arrived at Wasps, I was like, oh, my God, that's amazing. Jacko's here. She's nuts. And Jacko was, like, came quietly over to me. I was like, mate, they don't know me as that player. Can you not Can you not spread it? And oh, I was yeah. like, "I was like, Jacko, you're nuts. And she was, like, laughing. And she, she had a proper glint in her eye. Um, and it wasn't until I was there that it brought out the, like, craziness in her again and reminded her of um, how she always was. So she's like the crazy pepper army, you know, that, like, bites her own yeah. arm off. <laughs> She's I know. a tall, tall, good player. I bet you eat pepper armies, don't you? Yeah, what's wrong with that? Oh, uh, they're rank. Um, but yeah, so Mate, Jacko... you only who... eat, like, the gristly bit of chicken. Like, you need to grow up. Yeah, um, grow up. Anyway, <laughs> I was having a chat with her and uh, talking to her about um, how she felt that Richmond were doing, because obviously from... From our perspective, we were looking at like the loss and how yeah. they've been absolutely smashed. They haven't scored. So I was interested to see how she felt as a senior player who captained the side last year. And she basically said that like they knew it was going to be tough as a team. Um, and they also recognised that they could have done better and should have done better in certain um, aspects. But one thing that she spoke a lot about was the the fact that she's got massive confidence in their coaching setup. Oh, nice. And which I was like, I like obviously got her to explain. And she just said that from the two games, um, they recognised like key areas that they needed to work on and improve. And then they put it into practice and they made funds like uh, sessions fun and, and but like with a real purpose. And then on the weekend, this weekend against Worcester, they'd really improved. And she said from that perspective, she said, like, look, we know we're not going to win the premiership, but what we want to do is be competitive in the league yeah. and we want to enjoy our rugby and we want to have a good laugh together as a squad and, like, go on a bit of a journey. And and actually, it's a, I think it's quite a fascinating way of looking at it as a senior player that those losses can build confidence Absolutely. in your setup because she's like, we needed to work on our defence and certain aspects of a defence. She said, don't get me wrong, we've still got a lot way, long way to go, but the coaches implemented certain aspects in training and then we saw it um, come to fruition when we played Worcester. And, she's like, and that's all you can ask. And actually, it's she said it also gave her confidence in the team that they were coachable because as much as you've got a coach and a coaching side that a coaching group that might have great ideas fundamentally the players have also got to pick it up and they've got to implement they've it when it comes to match they've day they've got to understand rugby as well which seems like an obvious thing but yeah it's this thing about how long certain people have been playing rugby and stuff and you won't always ha- have that you you are going to have a disparity in rugby minds on any team men's women's kids anything yeah and they um they haven't they haven't got like a, a really experienced side and they've got quite no. a lot of younger players. But I just think it was a really it was it was nice of her to share that and also be so open and honest about it. But it'll be interesting to see how Richmond do play throughout the year, um, and whether they can keep that, that strength of mind um, as they start coming up against the other teams. Because obviously, if you're facing the two top teams in the league that haven't dropped a point yet, um, it's a very different story to play in middle of the table when not doing that well. Um, so, yeah, well done to Richmond for getting some points on the board. Um, and uh, I look forward to the games next week. I think Bristol Wasps is the one to watch, to be honest. And it'll be at a good time as well because... It'll be Rugby World Cup in the morning, and then you can watch that online afterwards. So that brings us neatly to the Rugby World Cup. Indeed. And uh, Japan Samoa, Japan lighting up another stadium. Um, oh, my God. Miles Harrison, as lead commentator, was absolutely epic. So good. Um, he was so good calling that game alongside Shane Williams. Um, I loved it. And... The fact that they, I mean, it was another one of those moments that, of course, Japan were going to get a try bonus point in the, the final part of the game. And we I did about start to gods feel like Yako Paper was going to keep that game going, though, until they'd got the BP. It's like, go on, joue, joue, five more minutes. The god of rugby comes in many different ways. Sometimes it's a referee. Sometimes yeah. it's the weather. Wow, for Scotland, it could be the weather this week. That typhoon could do some very interesting 
very interesting things to this rugby world. So you told me earlier that if the game is cancelled because of the weather, it's down as a nil-nil draw. Correct. Is that right? That is correct. That's what it'll go down to do. So World Rugby have released a statement at this stage. So we're recording this Monday evening. Um, and the statement says that they foresee two games being affected. So the way that the typhoon looks like it's going to hit is Kyushu, which is the south part of Japan. And the two games that look set to be affected are Wales-Uruguay, which is the last game in that pool, and Ireland versus Samoa, which is the last game for Ireland in that pool. Now, if Wales... Wales play Fiji on Wednesday morning. If Wales get five match points from that game, it wouldn't matter if they played Uruguay or not. They'd still top the group, even if they and Australia are both on 16 points because um, their head-to-head would be better. Wales is would right. be. However, so it goes in, on the heads to head. It would go heads on head to head. head. If you are <laughs> joint, if you're joint on match points, which um, if Wales got five match points against Fiji, a bonus point win, they would both be on sixteen points, assuming that Australia will get five match points from the Georgia game, which I think is a pretty safe assumption, meaning no disrespect to Georgia. Which so, I'm commentating on. Tune in exactly. On Friday, I'll 11 be there. O'clock. So. If they both end up on 60 match points, Wales, by virtue of beating Australia, would go through as top of the group. Okay. Regardless right. of playing the Uruguay game. In Pool A, which is the hosts group, as it stands, Japan are topping the group. Um, if Scotland were to beat Japan and the Ireland game was recorded as a no-score draw, Ireland would be out of the World Cup. What? Yeah, because Scott they they basically would have um, fewer match points. Match points or match points? <laughs> match match points. So oh, yeah. controversial. But oh, I really don't want to say this on the pod. Well. You. So if that weather looks like it's going to come in, don't predict a score for that game of match points. Put it as a draw because then you'll get like maximum points. Just remember to do that before the game. Oh, good tip for the listeners. I really hope Ollie's not listening because <laughs> he'll find a loophole. Um, but yeah, so that there's obviously talk that, well, they'll move the game and things like that. But the reality is, if they're going to have to postpone a game or cancel a game because the weather's bad, they won't be able to move the team. And, I, and this is one thing that I... We all know that geography is not my strong point, as discussed last weekend on the pod, last week on the pod. But Japan is massive. And I certainly didn't know that until I went to Japan. It is a vast, vast country. So I mean, it's, it's not, not a case... It's not quite as big as Russia, is it? Let's be honest, but... N- well, no, but we're not playing the World <laughs> Cup there. <laughs> I mean, it's not that big, is it, really? Yeah, you, you talk, you're flying between places in Japan. But yeah, but you'd fly between places in England. I don't think many people flew between World Cup. If there was one in Exeter and one in Newcastle, you'd fly. Did any team play games in both of those places during the... No, but I'm talking about size. I'm not talking no, about... No, but like when... during, during the Rugby World Cup, say like, so Pool A was England, Wales, Australia... Fiji and are you bringing this up because you guys went through and we didn't no but I'm just saying that the games played in Twickenham Cardiff so no one was flying I guarantee Australia <gasps> and Wales didn't get on an aeroplane during that World Cup oh, all right okay no, point I'm just proven. saying no I'm just saying but in terms <laughs> I just, you know, I'm just trying to prove that sometimes geography... Should we talk, instead of doing a geography lesson, because you're, let's be honest, you're pretty awful, I'm probably worse, um, should we talk about some rugby? Yeah. France, Tonga. Um, I mean, f- first half France. They should just be called, like, first half France. <laughs> I really like first half France. I don't like full match France. I don't get yeah. it. Yeah, no, um... I just, I mean, when they're in broken field and some of their tries, they're absolutely incredible. Their offloading, their ability to keep the ball alive is brilliant. But when you're up against a team that's organising defence, that's going to come and smash you, I just, I can't see them. 
I, I can see some like magical moments against England, but I can't see them lasting 80 minutes. Mm. And if it's on your theory, then first half France will be okay, but second half won't be. But yeah, um, yeah I think... I mean, you could see how frustrated they got in the second half when they got two tries disallowed. And they would have been good tries yeah. um, if if they'd been called. Um, but yeah, I just... There was one player that really, for me, didn't play well, didn't produce the goods at all. And he just looked so... He looked a bit bored, actually, in the game, was Entomac, which is strange oh. because I think he's a really good player. Yeah. Um, but one of the, the stats that I didn't realise... Um, was the fact that that's the third halfback pairing, um, and at this World Cup, yeah, and uh, like that is the players that manage the tempo of the game, where you play the game, the calls, the structure, um, and I can't see them going with the same pairing this weekend. But ironically, um, you know, that's as much as that is mental to do that that's what france do if you look at how many different halfback combinations they've had in this world cup cycle alone in this past four years it is absolutely baffling well to be fair at least they're picking people that actually play nine and ten yeah rather than fullbacks at ten and and nines at 15 or whatever it might be but um yeah i i don't think that they're gonna i think they're gonna challenge england i think it'll be a good game for england i don't think england have played that well um as probably agreed with most people, but they are producing performances that are winning games comfortably. Um, I still stand by, and this is a tough one, because George Ford has played some stupendous rugby this World Cup. He has been been on brilliant form, but I still feel that you don't get the best of Owen Farrell when he's at 12. I don't think you do, and I personally think that Owen Farrell playing really, really well and is at the top level as George Ford. So if you put George Ford's best rugby, Owen Farrell's best rugby, I like to watch George Ford's rugby, but actually Owen Farrell, for me, brings the best out in England, and he brings the best out in those players around him. Look how many Saracens players are in that team. Look how Saracens play. They absolutely spank teams week in, week out, and that's with him at 10. And I just feel that, I suppose, that the missing link at the moment is Henry Slade, because if you've got Ford Farrell, you've got two distributors, and and I agree with that, but if you've got... Farrell, Tuolangi, Slade. You've got the distributors with um, Farrell and Slade. So there you go. That's what I think. But we are about we're we're about to hit knockout rugby though. And one thing that England couldn't get right, Farrell couldn't get his eye in. And you literally did it fall out. (laughs) You you have to be able to keep the scoreboard ticking over, and you have to have a kicker with a a high percentage and yeah but i i questioned and this is i don't know whether you've done this on purpose but i tweeted and got a lot of replies actually yeah. on the back of and i'm not talking about the tweet about men wearing lycras in training i'm not talking about that i'm talking about owen farrell's the red card against lavanini definite yeah. red card um if you actually look at his technique, it's actually really bad technique. He leads with his shoulder a lot. He shoulder barged in the Tonga game. His history, if you Google him, there's a lot of... He no, Lavanini's got on. more red cards than any international player yeah, ever. But if you watch what his technique, so he wraps with his right arm, he hits with his, sh- his left shoulder. So he wraps with his right arm, but then he slingshots his arm around, which yeah. actually is basically a shoulder barge. Yeah. Because, and it's similar technique to that, which was questioned with Owen Farrell, yeah. that like slingshot arm. Anyway, I can't believe that impact didn't need an HIA. I, I, I can't get my head around the fact that any impact, like I have seen players just, you know, hit the floor or hit different things without the velocity of a six foot, probably four five yeah. man shoulder hitting him. And someone saying that a medic went on and spoke to him. I'm sorry, but it's not 2010. Yeah. It's 2019 and there are protocols in place to take players off the field because concussion symptoms happen in lots of different ways. Yeah. The reason why an HIA test has a balance, a proprioception, a coordination, a memory aspect 
because your brain function gets hit in different ways. Um, And I just think that that was a really strange call that a medic didn't take him off the field to do it because it's there for a reason. And and did he miss those kicks because of it? I don't know. And and I, I don't know. There's loads of, like, speculation around that. And he probably was okay you know he lasted the rest of the game yeah and I I just think when it's kind of like the week last week when we were talking about the the shoulder barge and and the game I commentated on with Argentina Tonga they've got the technology to use with the TMO and the different camera angles why not use it if you've got an HIA in a collision like that and they've got a protocol they do that's what Hawkeye are doing so that's why I'm confused. So Hawkeye are there pitch side with an independent doctor. So that's where I'm confused that that didn't come on. And then at that point, who do we have a mistrust of medics and stuff like that? And it, it is a really difficult one. And it's... I'm just surprised because it was such yeah. a big collision and it was straight on his face or slash jaw. You know, what, what's interesting, when I got my concussion in the semi-final of the World Cup, I hit my jaw, I stumbled a few times. I got to my knee. As soon as I got to the floor, I was all right. And I managed, I jogged off the field and I, I sat in the... Um, in the medical room and Fee Pharmacilli was being um, HIA tested from the game before. Um, So I sat in there, obviously I was like, right, let's go. The doctor said, just sit there. um, We'll be good. And then they had all of the screens up in that medical room and they were reviewing, I reckon about 11 different camera angles of me, maybe not that many, maybe uh, in slow motion of exactly what happened. And like, so I know the detail. I've I've watched them do it. And they, they deemed me as concussed because I had ataxia, which is stumbling, and so yeah. they wouldn't even do an HIA. Now, if they'd done an HIA then and there, I'm sure I would have passed it, but there's a technology there to check and yeah. to double-check and to make sure that I'm okay. And it's just... It, I suppose it's just for player welfare. That's all that I care about yeah. in terms of, you know, those high shots are being stamped out by World Rugby because of the risk of injury to someone's head. Now, we don't want that in the sport, um, so we need to protect people, and it's just making sure that people are protected. And, you know, I'm, I'm pleased that Owen Farrell is fine, um, but it's just, you know, maybe something that was overlooked that shouldn't have, I don't know. Fair enough. Um, another injury in the England ranks, um, believe in a polar, they haven't kind of said the, the severity of it yet, if it is an issue, if he is going to sit out France. If... It is something serious that's going to require a bit more time. How much of a loss is he to England? You know what? I actually don't think that it will be really as catastrophic as everyone's making out because he hasn't played as well as he normally does. Um, I think he plays better. Speaking about this with some of the guys... um, at the, at the weekend, he plays better when he's alongside Mako, his, his brother, yeah. um, because they share the workload, they offload to each other, they read each other, they know each other like inside out as players. Um, I don't think it would be a bad thing to rest him anyway, because yeah. if you get to knock out rugby and you haven't played anyone else there, um, that's always a risk. So, yeah, I think Mark Wilson is a superb rugby player. Um, he proved himself was when Billy was injured at the beginning of the season and I can't see why he wouldn't get another nod um, if Billy isn't right but well talking of back row rotation uh, Wales play Fiji on Wednesday and James Davis is starting for Wales so he and his brother will become the first set of brothers to play for Wales at World Cup since 1999 Um, I love the the fam did you see his press conference Um, I didn't see his press conference I saw Warren Gatlin um, and he spoke about. Did you see that? Yeah. Um, You've and seen the light. Yeah. <laughs> so in so they put um, Fox and Cubby up together for press conference today, and they asked John about um, you know what it means to play as brothers. He said, oh, you know, obviously, mum and dad are over here and all this kind of thing, and you know, gave quite you know a, a long answer and the detail that journalists want, and then uh, somebody else in the press conference went. Uh, and you, James? And James went, what he said. That's all he gave. <laughs> so, default into Big Brother. But he, I, I did see another quote from him that said, uh, Mum and Dad had booked to come out here anyway because they knew that John would be in the squad. So they've got two for one. Aww. I like that. So it's really yeah, sweet. Could you imagine that's like a super proud moment, isn't it? Well, but... especially like, you know, if you are 
Julie, their mum, who has had to deal with his son coming back from Vegas with his nickname tattooed across his knuckles. Like, at least now <laughs> you can, you know, winning an Olympic medal probably went some way for him to kind of repair that. But, you know, representing his country at a World Cup alongside his brother is pretty cool. So, you know, talking about um, parents actually being proud. Um, so after uh, Katerina Johnson-Thompson won her... Um, won her gold medal yeah um jessica Ernest hill was talking about um do you reckon they have to be double barreled names to be successful no just denise lewis that's fine um so she and was also, talking about jessica ennis wasn't always double barreled oh, no i know no i know i know i was, jo- I was joking god um <laughs> she, I don't know with she you. was talking about um katarina seeing her mum after and talking about her mum being really proud of her winning yeah and that now she is a mum now jess ennis is a hill is a mum she is like she was talking about how um when her children do anything she's like the most proudest person ever and that um and that for her for for cat's mum to to have a world champion daughter um just must be the most special thing and it was really such an innocent and honest um interview and and answer because i i like i felt like scream i was like look, thinking looking at her thinking you're an Olympic champion. You were the poster girl of your country in a home Olympic Games. Yeah. You're a double world champion. You are an incredible ambassador for the sport. And yet she's talking so honestly about someone else's mum. And I just think it's, I think it was really cool. Um, and I think mums was the theme, wasn't it? Um, across. Yeah, across Shelley the, Ann Fraser-Price won her gold as well, didn't she? And uh, I think there was there was someone tweeted. I think four mums had won gold or, or medaled um, over the weekend, and I just think it's so brilliant because um, obviously we've got a great ambassador with Niall Williams having two girls um, in the sevens with yeah. the um, with the Black Ferns, and there are other mums that are playing rugby, of course, um, but. Yeah, I just think it is incredible because Shelley Ann Fraser Price, her um, another double barrel. Yeah. Um, she um, maybe if I became something, oh, I need to get married first. One night, damn it, I can't just choose another. <laughs> well, no. We um, what was what was Sue's maiden name? Alexander. Alexander Waterman. Yeah, it's very Scottish, isn't it? Yeah. Danielle Alexander Waterman. I mean, now I don't think it flows very well. No. Anyway, um, but I think we also need to give a shout out. We had a tweet, didn't we? We have many tweets on the pod. What tweet are you referring to? I'm just pulling it up now. Oh, you've prepared so well for this. Well, no, I thought you would because you've actually replied. Um, basically, what a story and what a remarkable moment. Thank you, Um here to Yorkshire Rugby Union um, because West Park ladies um, Anne uh, I think Colfax Anne Colfax played um, and came off the bench and put in her first performance and first team debut at 48 years old that is very impressive absolutely epic what's it like to hear a woman two years younger than you is making her rugby debut (laughs) Right, I'm, I need to correct that. It's actually Anne McGraffin. Um, so Anne McGraffin, congratulations! It's given me hope that um, I might dust off my boots in a few years' time. Um, I very much doubt it. Um, but congratulations on your first team call up. Wow. Awesome work. On that note, should we uh, leave that there so you can get down the gym and uh, you know just get oh, yourself yeah. back in shape? I actually did some uh, training yesterday. I decided to do bench press. Now, I haven't done bench press for about seven or eight months because of a, a slight problem I've had with my uh, my rib um, and my shoulder. But um, I decided to just go up to body weight. Now, it's quite impressive for someone that hasn't done it for a while. However, I can't really lift up my arms or use my arms to write nice. today. But anyway, um, on that note, I'm going to keep training hard. I want to be a bit more like Anne. And... Uh, Enjoy the rest of your week, tryhards. Bye, tryhards. 
Hi, I'm Daniel, founder of Pretty Litter. Did you know cats tend to hide symptoms of sickness and pain? I learned this the hard way after losing my cat, Gingy. So I created Pretty Litter, a health monitoring litter that helps detect early signs of illness by changing colors, saving you money and potentially your cat's life. Pretty Litter is veterinary and developed, and it's the easiest way to keep tabs on your fur baby's health right at home. Go to prettylitter.com and use code ACAST for 20% off your first order and a free cat toy. Terms and conditions apply. See site for details. Ever catch yourself eating the same flavorless dinner three days in a row? Dreaming of something better? Well, HelloFresh is your guilt-free dream come true, baby. It's me, Kiki Palmer. Let's wake up those taste buds with hot, juicy pecan-crusted chicken or garlic butter shrimp scampi. Mm. Hello Fresh. Stop dreaming of all the delicious possibilities and dig in at HelloFresh.com. Let's get this dinner party started. Mm. 